0: And so I am Helen Pritchard, probably most famous for helping business owners get leads from LinkedIn. Um, However, I'm a multi-business owner now and I help business owners in in a million different ways really start their businesses, grow their businesses and scale their businesses. So I've kind of transitioned because of what I've done over the last three years is I've grown, um, you know, a million pound in sales business myself, selling LinkedIn training, and I guess what I've done now is brought bundle all that together, and everything that I've done, I now teach to people um, across my five main kind of five main pillars of things that I've done, which I now teach. So, yeah, I, I think it's a bit of an interesting one coming on here because I think we've done one before, haven't we?
1: Yeah, we did one um, for something that I used to work on with Your Biz. That was about God, it must be about a year and a half ago, I think, if not a little yeah. bit more now. Um
0: yeah. and then so, I was still very much or you know, I show people I was very focused on just being the LinkedIn, the LinkedIn person and helping people LinkedIn, showing them how to get leads without sending any horrible spammy messages or <laughs> worry about all the things that most people worry about. And now, you know, I sit here, you know, I'm massively evolved. I've been on a huge journey, as they say, on the X Factor. Um <laughs> this is my house by the way. This, this is my rented accommodation <laughs> as, I, as I'm, I'm waiting for my house to be renovated. So if you're wondering, like this isn't my dirty radiator, basically. I'm <laughs> um, like from home at the moment. We've still got the kids at home. But um, yeah, I think things have changed quite a bit since we last spoke. Definitely. I've definitely yeah. evolved and matured. I think mm-hmm. 18 months 18 ago, I was really deep into the whole, you know, just online arguing all the time with everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was me personally, I was trying to defend my work. Um, but with certain things that happened, it got absolutely insane. Like, you know, people were yeah. sending me just the most outrageous messages and, and just having these outrageous campaigns about me online that I just, you know, <laughs> and now when I look back at that time, I just think it's silly, yeah. absolutely silly. It, that I, that I entertained it, you know. Not that it happened, yeah. it's happened to people all the time. But, you know, I just feel like <laughs> I, got, I let myself get dragged into it because it's just pathetic, really. But yeah, things are good, business is good. Um, you know things have happened so gone from just having the linkedin last night into having the business the business mega mix and the uh, access all areas backstage pass which is just about to launch and of course Helen wine so i brought my own wine there <laughs> as well so okay. plenty for us to talk about definitely
1: yeah there's a lot a lot to go from now but one thing i want to go back is also i remember first following you probably about two three years ago now um and i've got like slight memories of when you launched the first mastermind just mm-hmm. sort of where you are now and i messaged you the other day to obviously say that like i don't know if you get it a lot but obviously like wow we're well done on your journey because yeah. i've i've seen obviously right from that first mastermind to what it is now and i know it's it's absolutely massive um mm-hmm. and that journey you've gone through, yeah because i can remember a lot probably about when you did the podcast 18 months ago there was a lot of sort of like you had to defend yourself didn't you about the way you do linkedin and i know that most people in marketing have to go through something similar i get it all the time where other people in marketing don't agree with the way you do it so they instantly think wrong Mm -hmm. whereas in my book there isn't there isn't a right or wrong way when it comes to marketing there is wrong ways as such but there isn't like a one-way fits all sort of thing because obviously the way you do linkedin and the way you do linkedin is is a good way and it's that i i go over obviously the whole not sending messages to people because it does just come across as spammy but there's a lot of people who do that route and i have to defend myself now which it is hard to get into and you do get into it a lot don't you where people are like no you're wrong that's an absolute rubbish way that you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong okay. but you're able to prove that you're right because <laughs> one it's worked for you and it's worked yeah. for the thousands of people's people that you have helped as well yeah
0: that's um, exactly where, where, where i'm at now like I don't need to defend my work now because you know my confidence comes from evidence, and I came onto the online scene with that confidence because it had been working for me for so long. So when I came, I came onto the scene, and I was like, "Oh, here I am! I'm going to teach everyone about how to use LinkedIn this different way." And you know, people were just like outraged, and I think there was just this kind of of like, "You know, who do you think you are?" Just turning up, telling people that the way we've been teaching how marketing in general is wrong, and I was kind of like, "But it works! It works!" And And I always said, you know you have know, to like me to leverage me just listen to me and it's going to work for you as well and I've had people from that time come back to me now uh, and I massively respect them because they say to me look I was a bit of a dick to you you know mm-hmm. I just thought you know who's this woman where's she come from and it <laughs> triggered me and it made me feel uncomfortable and I've just watched you over the last 18 months 12, two years and now I think you know I think you were right you know and you were I think you're great and I've seen you come through it and and all that kind of stuff so in a way it's been a, a brilliant thing and yeah. you know, it's always hard for me to decide you know when people are bullying me online which is basically what's happening Um, you know do I block these people or do I let them watch me be successful because success is the best revenge and you know for everyone yeah. who's like you know if you do these things then you know you're not going to be successful and you know you're just going to you're like a you know, flashing the pan sort of thing. And, you yes. you know, you know, we're not going to support you anymore, so therefore you're going to really struggle. And it's kind of like, well, I, you know what? My, my work speaks for itself. So it's been quite fun and, uh, in a lot of ways. And, and now I just feel, yeah, completely vindicated in terms of the work because I know the work, work works yeah. and much less emotionally attached to convincing other people to believe me. Like, if they don't <laughs> believe that, guy, and, you know, there are a million ways to do a million things. All I teach is the stuff that I know that works, and and that's with everything that I teach in business. I'm not saying other ways don't work. So now I get a lot of quite I see quite a lot of kickback around the stuff that I say, which is things like the more you post, the more money you make. You know, you've got to be consistently, disgustingly, you know, resilient and just keep showing up whether you feel like it or not. You know, you you, you need to keep putting yourself out there and doing things other people aren't prepared to do to get results other people don't get. I say all that stuff because that's what I've done. And people say, they don't always name me, but they say, uh, if someone's telling you to post all the time and just post endlessly without, you know, without, you know, that quality quantity thing and, you know, it's bad for your mental health and it's kind of, I get it. People don't want to hear that either. They don't want to hear that they've got to do the hard jobs and they've got to show up and they've yeah. got to be consistent and they've got to do it when they don't feel like it. So I can understand why it's really attractive to hear the opposite. But the truth is, like, there's no way I've got where, where I am which is profitable, successful business owner, work when I want, you know, do what I want, you know, to say no to more things, say yes to, which is what I want to aim for if I hadn't done all those things. So I I say to people, you don't have to, you don't have to agree with me, you don't have to believe me, but if you really want to make some money, like can trust me and follow the process. And I will literally, I will do anything for anyone who wants to learn and wants to grow their business and wants to be successful as long as they're willing to, yeah do the work and take the advice and trust the process so yeah not not for everyone absolutely not for everyone and that's okay and my way does not work for everybody it won't work for everybody and some people yeah. are all it takes and, and that's fine but i can't help people who want an easy route because to me there isn't one
1: there isn't one no that's that's the big thing and i suppose it's it's something that i believe a lot in that's not everybody's your ideal customer oh. um just because somebody comes to you i get it a lot as well with it somebody will come to me and go "Oh, how much you charge for social media management so i'll say and it's oh well i can go and get it i can go and get it from such and such for 200 pound and my first thing is i go get that for 200 pound because it won't be the quality won't be the exact same um but yeah not everybody not everybody's your ideal client and i know it's hard to not do and that's don't say yes to everybody when it comes to clients because there's a lot that we'll end up spending, sort of like a lot, like double the amount of hours on, trying to convince them otherwise. When sometimes yeah. it's like it's like you said a minute ago, it's better just to let them go. Come back to you six months later, twelve months later, and gratitude. Do you know what? You are right. Sorry about that. Can I work with you now? um
0: Yeah, I think again it comes with confidence and experience. But like one of the things that I try and instill in people that follow me is like you put your boundaries in place early on. So if someone tries to negotiate with me, I won't work with them. Yeah. That's because they just got not on the right mindset for me you know like you know what's your best price i'm like that is my best price yeah. <laughs> I, I talk about you know but then i don't want to work with them anyway because so it's gross isn't yeah. it and you know i talk about putting your price out there publicly it's what other people don't teach and it's kind of like well i know for a fact that people want to know how much it costs before they before they go into a call or you know want to speak yeah. to you about it so there's things i talk about which seem controversial but actually just common common sense and common sense. absolutely say no to people how many boundaries is super 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 important there was a huge like Furore on linkedin um and somebody tagged me in and somebody had written who had a job so it wasn't in the entrepreneurial space anyway like like it's like oh my god i've just seen someone charging 197 pounds for an hour's consultation on linkedin absolutely ridiculous so there was 424 comments and it's so funny i was scrolling through and i was just looking at this poor money mindset of all these people you know of like that's outrageous you know brain surgeons get paid eight pound an hour there's nurses on the front line like it's absolute robbery no one needs to be taught how to do linkedin all this kind of stuff and i was just like and the old days i would have been like straight in there but i just thought (laughs) i just posted and said well i charge five hundred pound an hour because i know that it's not about LinkedIn. It's about getting rid of that feeling of anxiety people wake up with every day and go to bed with every day because don't know where the next bit of money's coming from. So, like people will pay that money to get rid of that anxiety and have a really co- have real confidence in themselves and their business again. Every person whose life I help to change because they suddenly got money coming in that has a ripple effect with my families and their on their lifestyle, the people they buy from, you know, the way they feel about themselves, their mental health, you know, their families, and all that kind of stuff. So. It's almost like if other people don't believe in you or don't believe in your industry or don't believe in your pricing, it's like literally none of your business. You've yeah. got to just focus on the people that love you. And I mean, love you. And absolutely cling on to all of your positive feedback. So I now say in the challenge, so we do the five day challenges and and, um, you know, we average between two and 3,000 people in each one we do a right year. And I always say, like, I don't want to hear your negative feedback. Like, I'm not here for that. Like, I, I've spent tens of thousands of pounds putting these challenges on. And we've got, you know, 15 people working behind the scenes to make them happen. Mm-hmm. And this is how we do them. And if you don't like it, that's fine. Just leave. We don't want to hear about it. We don't need your feedback. If you love it, let us know because we live for that stuff. Like, you know, because yeah. we're all working hard and we're all wanting to deliver a great service. And we want to hear the good feedback, not the negative feedback. So, and then hold on to that. So we talk a lot about social proof in my world. And every time someone says something nice about you, every time someone, someone posts something nice about you or sends you a nice message, screenshot that shit, is what I say, screenshot it. Use it in your social media, but also keep it for your own mental well-being. So that when, you know, when it does get tough, when people are rude, basically, you know, and mean to you online because they don't understand your world or they don't understand the value that you're bringing, you f- ignore that and you focus on those people who love you because there's,
1: there's tons of them out there. Yeah, definitely. The whole screenshot of messages is a big thing as well, because um, we work with clients where they're like, I've got no reviews on Facebook yeah. and nobody's in reviews. So I always say go through your Facebook messages and see. Because yeah. I, bet there's like, I bet there's a ton of messages there where it's even like a sentence of you've done a great job that that one little sentence there makes a world of difference to anybody so yeah. Um, yeah definitely screenshot and social proof is is the one of the right. biggest things and, sheer, the and you get
0: to a point where you've got sheer volume of them so sometimes I'll do yeah. a post and I'll just put like 60 screenshots attached to it and I know people aren't reading them but it's not the point the point is I've got yeah. thousands of positive testimonials, thousands of them so for every hater, and every like negative thing it's like well yeah. it's all balance, isn't it so I definitely choose to focus on the positive, also they're a great sales technique so people want to yeah, sorry, you saying how good you are, but they want to—they want someone
1: else to tell them how Something good they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously, you've got so you personally have got past the point of of getting past negative comments um and not letting them affect you. If somebody, because obviously there'll be people listening now who can't get past the negative comments, um I've only just got past it myself. What, what's the piece of advice you'd give to people to be able to get past some negative comments that they're receiving from, it might be random people on the internet, right, to sort of like family and friends, what what sort of advice would you give to somebody like that?
0: Well, what I say to people is that if you've got someone in your life who don't believe in you, whether it's a partner, a parent, a colleague, ex-colleague, could be someone in your own head, could be an ex-partner, it could be some stranger on the internet. And that's kind of how low they should be down. And they think it doesn't matter if you've got me, like I believe in you and I believe you can do this. And I believe that you're going to have great impacts into the world and, and bring great value and make great money. Like sometimes people just need someone to believe in them. And that's kind of what I try and do with my communities. And Honestly, well, I, it gets tough times because a lot of people say this to me, you know, I feel really nervous about putting myself out there because of, you know, what people might do, say, and think. And honestly, if people aren't paying your bills or they're not in your bed, yeah. Their opinion really shouldn't matter. It really shouldn't. And the best way to get over negative comments is fill your life with positive ones. The best way to get positive ones is to put yourself out there and be the best you. I think the, the, the criminal thing about online bullying and online trolls is that, I mean, and I'll hold my hands up. I've been in some really na- nasty, vicious arguments, but I will say I've never started one, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's always been people coming to me and I've defended myself to the death because I felt really angry, not so much for me, although I did and I do, but it's for my work, but for my people who follow me and who implement my work, who have to deal with this day in, day out. And what I say to people, you know, if anyone's ever put a negative comment on someone's post about something, like just think about like if you could be that, straw that breaks that camel's back, like forget their mental health, like right? that's another like conversation not entirely. But if someone, one of my students put stuff out there and they've gone through so much to put themselves out there and your comment could be the one that makes them stop. And they stop putting themselves out there, they don't make any money, they can't feed their kids, they slip into a depression, their partner decides to leave them, like these are the fucking consequences and people don't seem to understand that tearing down other people's businesses online it's really damaging, like really damages yeah. people's lives. And if you're trying to tear someone else down to try and make yourself look good, I.e. people who say to me, "Oh no, you don't do LinkedIn you want to do like this," yeah. I say it all the time. People like comment on my stuff because I was getting so much traction. You know, I was attracting a lot of attention. You know, just think about how that's affecting people in their real lives. Like I decided to yeah. stop getting, like, so upset about it. And I used to get very, very upset about it. I mean, I have a holiday ruined by this stuff. I remember I was away when something blew up massive, which you probably remember. Um,
1: Yeah.
0: I just got to this point where I just thought – I was sat on my bed crying on a Sunday because somebody had said, like, oh, I think the challenge is shit and I think Helen's shit, whatever. And I was just sat on the bed crying. And it was a Sunday and I thought, you know what? I should be with my kids now. You know, I should be with my friends. And I say this to Mike, so Mike win it as a lot of you – you and your audience will know him on LinkedIn. Really, really good personal friend of mine, and he he put a comment on one of my students' stuff, um, and you know I said, "What's that him And I was like, "You know what?" I said, "You're the top of your conversation again in my group," and he was like, "How can this be my fault?" You know, the post was this and that, and I was like, "The point is that I've got a woman who's got kids who's crying at home on a Saturday afternoon, like because you and your mates online, you know, think you're funny." Yeah, so it's not that funny, is it? Do you know what I mean? And it, and I mean, we had to laugh about it in the end because you know he's not his person. But because the thing is, when Mike comments, because he's got like a million followers, he just brings all the people with him. You know. Yeah. I think sometimes you, you know. And then I think, have I upset people like that? Have I made people feel like that by yeah. by them having trying to disagree with me? And then I've attacked them, and and it's all gone. You know. And I can be pretty brutal, and that you know. I, yeah, hopefully they'll forgive me because I've you know I've been in, a, I've, been in a, I've been pushed into a mental state where I wasn't behaving like I'd like. Someone. Yeah. You know, I wasn't at all. And I really have evolved and matured out of that now, and I'm I'm pleased about that. But I see other people getting dragged into it. You know, the drama, isn't it?
1: It's it's drama, isn't it? And like I know we both were part of the same Facebook group that caused hell of a lot of drama and. That's why I've come a lot away from a lot of them because they're very draining, and it's sort of like you end up spending hours of your life in these Facebook groups. Yeah, you get drugged.
0: It's addictive, and like I always say, like. I said it's like Davina used to whisper in their ears Big Brother and on they on the come out like it's just panto and, and I think it is panto and the arguments are not for the two people involved, it's for the audience watching and sometimes yeah. you can't tear your eyes away, especially when you get to know these people and there's all these like old things coming up and resentments, and, you know, and and then it gets really tribal and all the kind of, you know. but then you realise none of these people are making any fucking money because exactly. they're spending yeah. all the time, all the time <laughs> in these this culture, this toxic culture, and it's not entertainment for them. This is—they're so dragged into it, and they're so drawn into it. So it's kind of like, to me, I was—I just look back on that time and think, what a waste of time! Think of how much more money I could have made if I had just focused on doing something else. Well, there's people focused on doing something else instead of what they're doing. But I see—I still see people from those days, and they've not moved on in their businesses at all because yeah. they're, they're stuck in a toxic,
1: toxic sausage. Yeah, there's a lot that are and I think sometimes as well when it comes to negative comments I've got the same mindset that Gary V has and that's that somebody leaving a negative comment, a harsh comment, their life must be really bad at that point in time to yeah. even go through the effort of doing it and you've got to, I, I think to myself okay, I'm in a better position than them already, yeah. um, carry my forward of that it's it's about using isn't it, because I've got, the best example I've got is that obviously I can't name too much but I when I left a company before um one of the directors wasn't happy about it. And I had a phone call at half 10 at night um, and he was shouting down the phone at me, calling me every name that you could think of. Um, and he's what, what a couple of comments that was me. And one comment was that um, I was, it was in bed at this time. my partner, obviously we we're both nearly asleep. Um, and he was like, Oh, if you're such a good entrepreneur and business owner, you would still be working at half 10, 11 o'clock at night. I'm still working. I'll be working until two o'clock in the morning and was doing this. And I just sort of like sat back. And for the first time in my life, I sort of like laughed. Because I was like, I don't need to be working until ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at night, and he yeah. helped me realize that. And um, yeah. there's a couple of things that he said, but yeah, it's about using sort of using some of the negative comments that you get for fuel to to help carry you forward a little bit and help you realize that some things actually, you know, what my life is probably better than theirs at the moment. I'm actually earning money at the moment. I'm doing mm-hmm. this and that, um, but yeah, because I know going back to sort of that interview we did like eighteen months ago, a lot's changed in that eighteen months. Yeah. Um, but obviously a lot of the people listening who are part of my audience probably don't know much about you. So why what started the the love with LinkedIn as such? Where did that sort of come from? What what happened to get to that point?
0: Well, for me, it was just I was absolutely desperate. So excuse my teenage daughter getting in the taxi in the background. for me, I was I was desperate. I needed to get some money in quick. I was a single mum. I had you know mental health problems myself. I was, you know, really struggling, like I just couldn't see a way of, I couldn't go to things like networking, I couldn't afford it, I couldn't face it, and I was kind of looking for a solution, really. So I knew I wanted to get 10 clients, paying 250 quid a month. You know, I used to be in social media like you, and uh, I just set up LinkedIn. I found LinkedIn, and I thought, well, this makes sense, because there's loads of potential customers in here. I don't have to go and see anyone. I didn't have to go and stand up and do presentations and things like that that I couldn't face doing, and it was free. I could do it from home when I had the kids. So it was kind of like, oh, this. let's just give it a go. And the way I then went on to set up my um, to set up my um, kind of profile was the way that I still teach it now. Really, like yeah. it really was kind of you know this is what makes sense to me. That's it. I've never had LinkedIn training. I've never been on anyone else's courses. I've never looked at anyone else's stuff. So I was like, this makes sense to me. So when I set up like the headline and the profile to speak to my ideal customer, my ideal client, and then I went and added and asked to connect with them. And then I put out content for them and engage with them publicly. I didn't even think for a minute that that would just end up making me millions of pounds. I just thought, this is going to get me some clients. And yeah. um, then to set up LinkedIn like a landing page and then drive traffic to it through, you know, asking to connect with the right people and, and putting out content and then engaging with people. And, you know, I never sent direct messages because I didn't, I didn't want it. I didn't have time to. It made me feel weird. And I, I knew I wouldn't like it. So I just used this, this method, which I've now called Lighthouse Marketing, which is about I knew who it was and what it was about. I knew who my ideal client was. I knew what I wanted to charge. You know, I knew what I was gonna offer. And then I put my content out like a light and then I create this ecosystem around me and um, just full of my ideal clients because LinkedIn's the only place where you can pick them. And I just got all my leads from LinkedIn. So I was kind of, to me, I thought everyone used LinkedIn like that. <laughs> It was only kind of a few years in when I was landing all these massive clients once we'd evolved from um once we'd evolved into like an agency and had staff and stuff like that, and we're getting these big clients, you know. People say to me, How do you get those clients? I said, Oh, they came to me. I was like, What, what do you mean? I was like, oh, they came to me on LinkedIn. Like, no, no one gets leads from LinkedIn. LinkedIn's just for CVs and LinkedIn's crap and LinkedIn's for family. And I was like, Oh, I love LinkedIn, that's I've all my leads for, and people would just be like no, so I just show them I'd literally like there'd be a piece of paper on the table, I'd like draw it out, how I teach it now, even now, never really changed. And then they go away and they'd do it and they come back and say, Oh my god, gotta leave and I'm like, I know. It yeah. works for everyone. So I love them. I love them now because it's still the boring, like weird uncle at the wedding that no one wants to engage with. Yeah. So it's good for us because when we teach it it's so non competitive because people are, are just, people just dismissed it. You know, it's not for me because you know, I sell a product or I'm a local business or I'm B2C or I'm not corporate or I'm not professional enough or, you know, what I mean, yeah. I'm not comfortable. So people dismiss LinkedIn for so many reasons that are, are false so that yeah. when I can people to go on it, you know, so, so for example, someone says, oh, you know, but I'm a dog groomer. It's never going to work for me. I'm like, yeah, but imagine how many dog groomers are using LinkedIn to get leads, leads for yeah. clients, and they're like, none, exactly. Yeah, how many dog groomers are going around all the – you know the Facebook buy and sell sites and face local Facebook groups and you know putting the cards up and doing leaflets like because that's what everyone does. So yeah. why don't you do something different and then you'll get a different results. And you know I, I could I believe that I could work with any business of any type, any size and get them leads from LinkedIn for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah LinkedIn's one that when I first started my sort of like being freelance and self-employed So like even three, four years ago, LinkedIn was one that I never used. Um, I had the same thoughts. It was like a CV and it was boring. and It was all this. Um, And also I was all about Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the time. And then yeah, I can remember the first time I started following you, I was like, actually LinkedIn might be good. And I'm one that when it comes to anything I learn, I look at the two sides of everything. Um, And I can remember following you and there was another guy who taught the complete opposite of you. You might even know who he is. and there's like the two, that's obviously the two opposites. And I can remember trying both, um, and like learning about it. And the one was obviously the direct messaging route. It was the boring profile. It was the headline, which was literally I currently work here or owner at da da da, da. Mm-hmm. um, the summary, which was just one big sales pitch. Um, and I can remember he was like, don't post too often. And I was already, that sort of for me was like, okay, why when I'm, I'm a big fan of posting multiple times a day.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, did that didn't work and then i can remember then trying your way of doing it not messaging people connecting with the right people engaging connecting them in the right way and then suddenly it took off um mm-hmm. and i'm not just saying that because obviously you're a guest now but that is that is the truth and that's where my like love of linkedin started from um because yeah, yeah I I, it.
0: it's like a cash machine it's like yeah it gets you such good quality clients as well like Facebook, I see, because it's such can be such a, I love Facebook, I get me wrong. I'm, 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 I'm most of my money through Facebook now because we run these big challenges. We spend tens of thousands of pounds on Facebook ads and that. So don't get me wrong, it's great Facebook. But when you sign out particularly and when you're climbing your feet and you're looking for one-to-one clients particularly or our clients for an agency, like when you're on Facebook and you see someone, oh, does anyone know anyone does social media? And you just... <laughs> You know, you don't want to be fighting out in that thread, do you, really? Because it's, it's a race to the bottom, whereas LinkedIn is about getting people to approach you when they're ready and they want what you're selling. And it never, you never get a price issue on LinkedIn because they're coming to you and they're asking you because they've got a problem that you can solve. And if you follow my stuff, you've already put your prices out there multiple times, so they only know how much you're going to charge, you know, at least prices from. And it just saves so much time on both sides. So, you know, for
1: me, it's an absolute no no brainer. No. Yeah, that that's the case. And I and I see it a lot with like they said with Facebook groups where people are like, Oh, do you know just you know somebody who can do this or that? And you get like 50 comments. And it's 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 just a case of like it's not worth fighting over because if you then haven't to message people, go, Oh, by the way, did you see my comment? Here's my link and this and that, run a losing game whereas is things like links in such easy wins as such. Um, but obviously, if somebody was starting off, because I know probably a lot of my audience who are a little bit younger, because I know that people my age, sort of like 20, 25, struggle with LinkedIn because they see it as this big business place, these all adults, as they call it, Grown-ups. and everything else. grown up. yeah, exactly. What would, what would your advice be to somebody who let's, if I think, for example, sort of like a, a 20-year-old who wants to sort of start setting up on their own, maybe freelance, say, what would your advice be to them when it comes to LinkedIn? What what would you recommend they do?
0: It's absolutely the, the advice is absolutely the same. And actually, what I've seen on LinkedIn, and again, LinkedIn is isn't it's it's a benign platform. It is what you make mm-hmm. it, and your audience is what you choose, and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So everyone's experience is a bit differently. But I actually see a lot of goodwill towards younger people on LinkedIn. I think if I like, I've got a program called LinkedIn for Students, which is like we're rolling out to universities and stuff next year. Because I think people should well, depending on what goes on, but I think people should get on LinkedIn when they start uni, not when they finish. Yeah. You know, when they want to get a job, and same as if as soon as you start a business, you've got to get, you know get yourself on LinkedIn because there's just so many professional and you know, well, you know, there's, there's wealthy people on LinkedIn, there's influential people, there's well-connected people, there's people who can help you, and you know, if you're looking for things like mentors, and you put yourself out there, and you are really passionate about what you do and you you the thing is about younger people you're so fluent in this stuff so doing video on LinkedIn which a lot of people in the 40s and 50s who are probably the bulk of my audience are like I'm, too, I'm terrified I don't want to go on camera you know you know I would say as a rule young people are happy to go you know doing lives doing LinkedIn video you know putting out you know just getting into the groove of doing this I mean the things yeah. I talk about like telling stories doing video social proof and putting out call to action posts like I would expect a young, you know, a young, dynamic kind of newbie to to love that stuff and, you, and really leverage it as a social media that it is. But then it gets the added benefit of really drilling down, picking a niche. That's the most important thing: picking a niche and identifying your ideal client on LinkedIn and then building that audience off them. And it, and it would work, absolutely fine. There's definitely the thing is there's dickheads on every platform. You're going to get them no matter where you go and what you do. Um, and LinkedIn is no different you know so you just gotta go for the positives and and they're massively outweigh the negatives
1: yeah definitely um so obviously with with you being on linkedin and that's the biggest thing obviously you said you love you love facebook as well Mm -hmm. are you on do you are you happy and do you like every platform that there is out there at the moment or is there ones that you don't really like
0: um obviously like linkedin's great i don't hang out on linkedin like i used to um facebook's my, my go-to probably because my age you know just because i think like you know same with LinkedIn. you might know, hate bits of facebook but we still go on it every day don't we yeah. We still go through it and you know and all that kind of jazz so facebook's my, my my home if you like and that's why i say to people you know follow me on facebook because i can't have any more connections but follow me because everything i put on facebook is like the hub of everything that i do it's yeah. business and personal and everything goes on, on um like for everybody um instagram stories i've really got into i think they're pretty cool and i am be interested do a linkedin stories probably be a bit embarrassing like they always do everything a bit rubbish um so yeah i like stories i like the concept of stories especially for someone like me who's got a big team so i have 33 of us yeah. now a uh, big team big marketing team big ops team you know project management team finance team all that kind of stuff so that's going on i've you know you, you have to disconnect a little bit from the day to day you know i've got four VAs that deal with all my inquiries and all the help desk and all that, you know, so I do, I do feel disconnected where the stories. I do feel lets me bring a bit of me back into it. Yeah. You know, some of it is done by Gemma who works for us and that's like, you can tell the difference because those are all dead nice and professional. (laughs) And some of it's me with tea or me going for a walk or me with the kids. So I I think for me, yeah, that and then the other post I do on Facebook, which is clearly me as well. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Uh, Fine. Um, so obviously, with you having a big team, and obviously I'm doing a lot of these podcasts, I don't like talking about COVID and coronavirus too much because obviously it gets a bit same and gets a bit boring. But when it comes to working from home, is that something that you had to suddenly get used to working from home and the and your team working from home, or was that something that you already had in place?
0: No, I mean everyone works from home anyway. Although I've got an office and uh, Phil's got an office, I would normally be in the office only like temporary circumstances yeah. this week Um, yeah, my office is dead cool and it? it's got a pool table and sofa and a bar and <laughs> Netflix and Alexa. So I love it. It's like my place to hang out. But um, yeah, it doesn't, I mean, that's the beauty of our businesses, right? You mm-hmm. become yes. a and, and oh, Alexa. Just,
1: yeah. You can say Alexa off.
0: Alexa yeah. yeah. So I I like, it's not been a massive yeah, shift at all. And all the all the people that work for me, a lot of them are mums and got kids and stuff. So I think it's not been the way from home. It's been the. Having schools
1: closed has been the challenging bit. of all of think. Yeah, I luckily enough, obviously, I've not got, I've not got children yet, so I didn't have to deal with that. Um, yeah, the work from home was a was a natural thing that I did wait for, and i always wanted to do, and I prefer doing. Um, adds a bit of freedom to everything that we do. Um, yeah. but yeah, so sort of end it. I suppose you've given a lot of advice and a lot of tips. Um. But obviously for everybody listening, if you could give one sort of one bit of like motivation for everything going on at the moment of advice, what would it be to everybody?
0: I think it's is showing up in it. It's what I'm most famous for. Like you've got to show up consistently in your business for your business. And one of the things that I say now, um, which I've kind of coined as my own catchphrase is, you know, if you're on a mission, like if you want to do good things in the world and you want to, you know, help a lot of people and have an impact, like the mission is more important than your mindset in the moment. And that's really helped me because you know when I've not wanted to show up or things have been going on for me personally and things are hard and you've got know, all the, you know global pandemics and all that kind of stuff. Like there's a loads of times you don't want to show up in your business and that's okay, but you show yeah. up anyway. You show up anyway because the mission's more important than how you feel about it in that moment. Because moments like your emotions and and the way you feel about situations change and they're really fluid, whereas the mission should be like your guiding light of like you know, you have to do things that other people don't do to get things that other people don't don't get, you know, if you want great things and, you know, there's nothing lucky about the situation I find myself in, you know, it's all been a strategic move, I mean, there's been, I suppose there's been a bit of luck in there and you know, I'm super spiritual and I believe that like a lot of it's supported from that side but, you know, fundamentally there's nobody's coming to save you, you've got to show up in your business, you've got to put yourself out there, you've got to, even when it's hard, but you have to also, if you're going to Put that level of effort in. You really need to know who you are and what you're about. And just one, my one tip would be to sell one thing at a time to one person because it's a lot at one price because the biggest thing that I see is people trying to sell all the things to all the people at once. And I think that can be really frustrating for both the entrepreneur and the audience because everyone's kind of, nobody's quite, quite sure of where that's kind of hanging the hat here. So I think that's the one thing I would say is that focus, clarity and focus are super, super important. Yeah